After I was born again on August 5th, 1975, I wanted to be around people of God. I no longer wanted to be around the people I had been around before, people of the world. A Baptist woman was just horrified when I told her this. She said, oh, don't give up your worldly friends. You might lead them to God. I know that that sounds logical in the mind of human beings. But the truth of the matter is, when we are born again, we are totally different. We're changed by God. We are a new creation, a new creature. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. We're so totally different after we are born again. We don't want to be around those worldly people and go to those worldly things that we once went to. We are new creatures born anew to serve God instead of serving our flesh. And we want to be with the people of God. And if we try to be around the people that we were once around, the people of this world, we're going to find them to be thorns in our sides and pricks in our eyes. In the Old Testament times, God told them they could not mingle and intermarry with the people of the other nations. And God warned them as to what would happen if they tried to do that. They would be pulled away from the commandments of God and be turned to the gods that the people of the nations worshipped. But they didn't believe it. Solomon is one example. He had many strange wives. And God warned him that they would pull him away from wholly following after God. But he didn't believe it. He did not believe the warning of God. And in his old age, these women, God called them strange women, influenced Solomon so that he even built groves for them to worship their God in. And he didn't wholly follow the Lord as his father David had done. And because of this, God said he would rip the kingdom away from Solomon. He would do it and leave him one nation because of David's sake. But with that, God divided the kingdom when the children of Israel wanted a king to rule over them, instead of having a judge appointed by God. And they demanded to have a king like the other nations had. God told Samuel, they haven't rejected you as a prophet, but me, that I would not rule over them. He said, give them their king, but tell them what kind of person their king will be. Saul was then appointed king over Israel, even appointed by God to be king over Israel. But Saul showed he would not fully follow God. 
So God took the kingdom away from him and gave the kingdom to David. So it's a long procession in the Old Testament of the children of Israel who belonged to God, but they would not follow God. They wanted the things the nations had. They wanted other things. They wanted other ways of life. And they thought they could commingle with the nations around them. But here's what God told them. Numbers 33, verse 55. God says, But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. Abraham's nephew Lot tried to dwell in Sodom, one of the most evil of the cities, Genesis 19. Lot tried to coexist with the people. The evils of Sodom reached into heaven and God heard them and sent two angels down to Sodom to remove Lot and his family before God destroyed Sodom. Lot knew it was very evil in Sodom. Every part of the city of Sodom was filled with Sodomites, homosexuals. And when the two angels came to Lot's house, from every quarter of the city of Sodom, men came and gathered around Lot's house wanting to have sex with the two strangers who were really angels. Angels don't have wings. They look like natural men. But they came to Lot's house wanting to have sex with the two strangers who had come to stay at Lot's house. Did Lot know these homosexuals were wicked? Lot told him, he said, no, don't do so wickedly. Of course Lot knew. Lot was a righteous man. We read that in 2 Peter chapter 2. Peter talks about the time that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 6. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And God delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. 
The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment. Homosexuals, lesbians, do we commingle with them? Do we commingle with adulterers and adulteresses, especially when these people say they are the church and sit among us? Do we commingle with them? Do you know what God has to say about the homosexuals and lesbians and the, God calls them, vile affections of homosexuals and lesbians? Do you know what God has to say about it? Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So do we hate them? I don't. But I can't support them and be around them and be, so to speak, friendly toward them. I can't do that because those who are friends of sin, friends of the world, are enemies of God. If I'm going to be a friend of God, I cannot show support to those who do ungodly acts. Though they often try to get me to be friends with them, amazingly. I would not in any way want to hurt them. I want to help them by the word of God. If God gives them an eye to see the truth, then they will be born again and turn from their sins. But if they continue in their sins, that means God is not opening their eyes to see the truth of the situation. So what God's shown me to do is just leave them alone. I do not harbor evil feelings toward them, but I can't assist them in their evil. I can't be a part of it. So what I have done is when I have encountered such things as this, I've spoken these scriptures of Romans chapter 1 to them to give them an opportunity to turn. There is a Catholic woman who I believe is lesbian. She asked me if I supported gays and lesbians, and I said, oh, I don't think so. And then I sent her all these scriptures and told her about Lot 
and told her the Romans chapter 1 scriptures on what God says about it. She says she's a Christian, or rather she says she's a Catholic. I don't know if they call themselves Christians, but she says she's a Catholic. This is something I can't participate in. I would not invite this woman to dinner, be around her as a friend. She asked me, do you support homosexuals and lesbians? So she called them gays and lesbians. I always called them homosexuals. Do you support homosexuals and lesbians? No, I do not support homosexuals and lesbians. Do I support adulteresses and adulterers in the church? No, I do not. Do I support fornicators who say they are brothers in Christ? No, Paul says, don't even, don't keep company with them. Put them away from you. And Paul calls them a wicked person when they do these things and say they are Christians. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, start at verse 11. Paul says, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother, a brother in Christ, a Christian, be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner, with such an one know not to eat. And Paul says in verse 13, Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Paul identifies that person as being wicked. This is a totally tragic story. The Bible class teacher at Word of Faith was a divorced man, and he was so charming and intelligent and appealing. And he did some things that were really good. He always said to us at our Bible class, does anyone have a word from the Lord? And he opened the door for us to speak things of God at the Bible class. But along the way, I met a person who owned a coffee shop business in Dallas. And when she found out I knew this man, she said, oh, he's such a bad influence on my boyfriend. This was our Bible teacher who was being identified to me as a bad influence on this woman's boyfriend. And this woman talked about this Bible teacher's girlfriend, which none of us at the church had ever heard of a girlfriend. I went to him and I said, what about this girlfriend? I've heard you have a girlfriend. Yes, that's right. He hem and hawed around, evaded the issue, and I finally point blank said, are you having sexual intercourse? with this woman, and he said, of course, and that's a tone of voice he said it is, no shame whatsoever, and I said, oh, you know the Bible as well as I do, 
I can have nothing more to do with you. And he said, that's right. I never went back to his Bible classes. And in fact, God even brought me out of that church group by giving me a dream. But I was heartbroken over this. This was our Bible class teacher. He was having fornication at the time he was teaching our Bible class. Well, actually, he was going to bars and hunting women during this time, I found out. I tried to turn him away from the bars. I didn't know at that time he was seeking women and trying to have sex with them and having sex with them. I didn't know that. But I did try to turn him from going to the bars. And I felt like the plan I had was from God. I told this Bible teacher, I said, before you leave in the evenings to go to the bars, sit down and write a teaching for me and mail it to me. And for about five or six days, he did that. And later he told me, he said, while I was doing that, I began to lose my desire to go to the bars. But then he stopped doing that and continued at the bars. It was, to me, a tragic story. Still is a tragic story. Well, let's read again what Paul says. Now, this pertains to a person who identifies himself as being a Christian. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 11, But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such a one know not to eat. Verse 13 Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. You can't keep company with that person. You can't go to their Bible class. You can't sit by them at church. You can't eat the Word of God with this person. You cannot be with this person. For a little leaven, says Paul, leaveneth the whole lump. He said, turn them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. That's the way to salvation for them. If you try to counsel them or even pray for them, see, they know it's wrong to do these things. They've been enlightened by God. What is the way to save this person? Well, Paul told them in 1 Corinthians 5, deliver him to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. In fact, see, that what they were doing is they were saying, how dare he do this? That's a glorying in their righteousness. That's not good. But Paul says, Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? You cannot be around this person. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. 
Let us therefore keep the feast of the word of God, not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. You just can't be around those who call themselves a brother in Christ when they are doing these ungodly things. Turn them over to Satan. I believe we do that by withdrawing company from them. Let their flesh be destroyed, that their spirit would be saved in the day of the Lord. That's what really matters anyway. But we certainly cannot associate with them and be friendly toward them and go to church and sit by them at church and keep company with them in any way. We cannot show our approval. Neither can we show our approval to a Catholic woman who is wanting me to approve homosexuals and lesbians. We just can't do it. We can't be friends with these people. Very often church people foolishly think they can turn them to God. No, no, the Bible shows that they will turn you from God. You will end up withholding part of the word of God when you are with them because you don't want to offend them. And you think you're stronger than you are. I know I'm very weak. And I don't dare do these things. It terrifies me. I once told my mother, you can go down if you want to, but I'm not going with you. She turned from what she was doing. She said, I don't want you to go down. What good does it do to destroy yourself with them? Now, what if they are the world and are committing fornication? Well, that's what the world does before they're born again. That doesn't mean I approve it. I'm just not going to be around them. What if they are homosexuals and lesbians, but they don't call themselves Christians? Well, why would I want to be around homosexuals and lesbians and adulterers and adulteresses and fornicators? I'm of God. I want to be around the people of God. If they come across my path, I will give them the word of God on the matter at hand. If they turn to God and repent, that's another matter. But let them come to me rather than me having them over for dinner. See, this is what I'm not doing. God has shown me, put yourself around the people of God, the ones who are born again, the ones who demonstrate that they have the Spirit of God and want to follow God. Put yourself around those people. Try to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Do what the Spirit of God shows you. Keep yourself. And then if someone of the world comes across your path, speak to them the things the Holy Spirit brings to mind. Some will be saved. I've had people saved as I've spoken to them. I've seen it. And I've had many of them turn from me and avoid me. But I don't want to be friends with the unbelievers. I don't want to be supporting their acts. I don't want to be a part of this. 
because it's not going to save them. It's going to destroy me, and I know it. Some of you are foolishly around relatives who are different denominations, and you know they are wrong in their doctrine. But you continue to withhold things from them when you're around them. And you continue to go to dinner with them. And you continue to think you can commingle with them. And that at some point, they will come to the knowledge of God. You are so deceiving yourself by this approach. Instead, why don't you just do what the scripture says and save yourself? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 Verse 14, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And one other scripture today, James chapter 4, verse 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You just can't do it. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.